Okay, let's begin. Kum lena la blak gemara mitzayi shabbos avorchim tishrei. We're up to the but we'll begin from gimel and bay towards the bottom. So quickly recap what's going on here. We had an egg that was laid on yamtiv. We had different explanations of what we're talking about, and we decided we rejected Rav Nachman. We decided we're talking about a hen that is actually meant to be eaten. So the hen itself is not mukt at all. And that's why we're only discussing the egg. And why is the egg also? So we had Rabbah who said, because the egg that is laid today was prepared yesterday, was completed yesterday. And if Yom Tov happens to be on a Sunday, that means that Shabbos prepared it for Sunday and we can't have that happen. And therefore we decided every Yom Tov, regardless, even if Yom Tov falls out in the middle of the week, that we will gaze it, the next time might fall out on a Sunday following Shabbos and therefore it's forbidden. It's called Hachonah de Rabbah. The preparation of Rabbah, which I don't know if you realize, that means that Rabbah holds that there was no man coming down on Yom Tif and had to be prepared before Yom Tif, And that's why we today have Lecha Mishnah, not only on Shabbos, but also on Yom Tif. Because not everyone agrees that there was no man on Yom Tif. Others say the man did come on Yom Tif. Because what's the problem? You can carry. You can carry on Yom Tif, especially for food. So what's the problem? But nevertheless, the way we learn Pasha Pshad is that there's no man on Yom Tif to be prepared before. And then we had the Bitzchak, and we had the other two reasons, which was that Rabbi Yisrael, that, that the reason why you cannot eat an egg is because it, it emerged and it's similar to fruits that fall off a tree or because it's similar to liquid that ooze. Now, there is soon So we're asking a question we found in Hebraisa where it says that if you have a suffix about the egg, of, of an egg, and we're assuming that the suffix was, we're not sure if it was laid on Yom Tif or was laid before Yom Tif, we are machmin and it is asa. Now, we're asking that if... According to Rabbi, it's just it's an Eastern the Torah to eat the egg laid on Yom Tov. We understand. If you're not, if you're in doubt, we we'll always take the stringent side. But if it's only exerted Rabbana, why are we being strict over here? It should be lenient. So we said that the suffix we're talking about is not a suffix of whether it was laid on Yom Tov or not. The suffix is as to um, whether it's treif or whether it's kosher. This particular egg. So the Gemara says, and then how come it says we got mixed up with a thousand other eggs? If they're all forbidden, we know there's a rule that bottle bereave when the solids and the liquids we say you need 60 times as much. Lach belach when they mix together. But yavish be yavish when it's solids and you have something kosher and something treif. If there's a majority of kosher, it's kosher. Why is it that a thousand isn't uh, isn't uh, what do you call? Um, so we said, and the problem is, if it's a suffix, if it was laid or not, then we said it's a dovish yeshla matirin. Why eat it today and follow the principles of nullification? Wait till tomorrow when it's totally mutter. But if it's a suffix trefer, which trefer never become permitted, why in the world would be us? We got mixed up with a thousand. So we introduced the idea of a dovish of a minion. Not everything becomes nullified. There are certain things which are very significant, they don't become nullified. So we said that eggs, today eggs are sold by the dozen. Today we sell eggs by the number. But in those days, some people sold eggs by the number, some people just sold you a bag of eggs or by the weight. So it wasn't a particular number. So if you follow that, even something that occasionally you would sell by number, sometimes they're not, that's called a dover shiver minion, that's something significant, then I understand. We're talking about a suffix trefer, but even if you mix up the thousand eggs, it is not nullified because it is significant. But if you follow Rabbi Yechen who says that it has to be something that the only way it's sold is by counting it, how are you going to explain why, if it's talking about treif and a suffix treif, which is usr, why is it that if it falls into a thousand eggs, it does not become nullified? So the Gemara is saying here in the bottom of the page, I understand this is what you're up to. So we're up to here, Omar Papa, four lines at the bottom of the page. So Rapapa says, Haitana 
the litra tzius who, where the, the author of this particular brisa is a certain Tana, Rabbi Yechonon and Rabbi Shlokis are arguing in the view of Rabbi Meir or Rabbi Meir and the Chachamim. But there is definitely another Tana called Rabbi Leezer. And this particular Tana definitely holds that something that's account, counted occasionally is already significant and will not become nullified. And, uh, and therefore, it's not a problem. The Tana of that particular Mishnah is, is that Rabbi Leezer. And that's why we're talking about a Suffolk trade for here, nothing to do with late on Yom Tif. And the reason why if it fell into a thousand eggs, it doesn't become nullified because sometimes people sell it by the number. And according to the Tana of that Raisa, it is uh, the law is that it's considered double Shabbat Minyan, even though it's only on occasion. Now, which Tana is this? So we're talking about a case of Trum. And you know, when it comes to, um, when it comes to trade, we say it's Bokl Bashishim. When it comes to truma, we say it's bottle in 101 times. And what do you do? You take one out. If there's 101 times a non-truma to that truma, you take out one, one piece and you give it to a coin and the rest is considered chulun. Because it becomes nullified, it is bottle. So we have a case here where they used to have dried, uh, dried figs and um, they used to let it dry and then they would put it together. And they would um, put it together like a, like a wheel of cheese, of a cheese wheel. So they would press all the figs together in this round instrument called an eagle, eagle, which means round. And they would sit there and they would all be pressed together. And after they're totally dry and pressed together, they would sell it each individually and they would take a fork and just take it off. So, so what happened was that you had a bunch of these different eagles and by mistake on, um, uh, what do you call it? One of them you didn't give truma from yet, or one of them one of them was truma and mixed up with all the other ones. You don't know which keli is it that is truma. So what do we do? So Tana, we learned litroktiyas. Um, so you have these uh, this leader of ktsiyas who dharma. He's the one who says that called avashim minyan anything which counts from time to time. I feel with the rabbanan lebop. Even it's only an isa the rabbanan. Even though it's only Nisad Rabbanan, for example, Truma of fruits is only the Rabbanan. Mahatayra, the only time you have to give Truma is if it's the five grains, wine or oil. Anything else is only the Rabbanan. So here the suffix is only the Rabbanan. And yet, we, because on occasion you sell it by the, by the number, we are not going to Mevatl it and we're not going to say it's bottles. And who is that? We'll see. Uh, so sure in the case of a suffix trefil got mixed up with a thousand other eggs, since eggs occasionally you sell it, it's nothing to Rabbi Yechon, this is a this is a different town altogether. This is what we learned. So you have a litra of ksiyas, you have these things that they dried in the field, and then you cut it up and you put it into this wheel, in this round kali called an eagle, and you press them together, and then they get, and then later, later on you look like a cheese wheel. And what happened was Shedorsa Alpi Eagle, and you therefore you press it together on this round Kaylee, but any day eagle dorsa, but you don't know which one it was. Um, you know that it was on top of one of these Kaylee, but you don't know which one it is. And or Dorsa Alpi is on top of a barrel, any day you don't know which barrel it is, or Dorsa Alpi Covetus, or even a much more pronounced, which is very clear, Covetus, you don't know which one, which particular cylinder you did it on. There's says, there's an argument Rabbi Lezer and, and, and Rabbi Yeshua. I'm going to explain to you how their argument is. And that's Rameir's view. And Rabbi Yehuda has a different view of what their argument is. Rameir says as follows. That Rabbi Lezer says, this is what you do. You need 101 times. You don't have 101 times of this. What you do is, 
If you don't have, let's say, 100 leads or 100 tops of things that, you know, for sure, that you can say it outnumbers it and it nullifies it. So what you do is the following. You assume that everything that's inside the barrel, everything that's inside the keli, and anything that's inside this uh, cylinder is included in the number. We imagine we separate the, 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 what you put the figure on top. We separate from the top of the lid. We, we put it inside the barrel, inside the keli. And we say, well, if in total you have now 101, it is permitted. So we look at all the top ones, as if they are separated from the top and they join now whatever's the content inside the keli. And if everything inside the keli joins together and now definitely you'll have 101 times and everything therefore committed. So he's very, very lenient. Rabbi Yishu disagrees. He says, no, we don't imagine anything. It's sitting on top, whatever's on the bottom is all right. But he says, if you have a hundred other ones that are chulin versus this one here, that's truma, then no problem. We say that it becomes nullified. You take one of the tops and you give it to a koyin and the rest is all right. But the im lav, if you don't have a hundred times, everything at top is forbidden. Everything inside the barrels are permitted because the fact is they are separated and we don't imagine anything. So if Yeshua is stricter than Rabbi that's Rabbi Meir's understanding. So that has nothing to do with our Gemara. But what's interesting is Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, no. I believe Rabbi Lezer is what you say Rabbi Yeshua holds is what I say Rabbi Lezer holds. Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Lezer says, Im yalu. if there's a hundred tops, fine. If not, they are awesome. And the Shalayim is mut. In other words, we don't imagine, um, we don't bring it together. We just say, we look at the tops. If you have 100 to 1, that's it. It's nullified and it's all right. However, Rabbi Yeshua comes along and says, Afilu yesh shom pumi. Rabbi Yeshua says, even if there are 300 tops, normally all you need is 100 to 1. You have 300 tops of barrels that are chulin, and you have one that's true, you just don't know which one it is. It will not become nullified. Why won't it become nullified? Because he says, that since on occasion you sell the tops of the barrels by the number, therefore it is not bottled, even though it's only Medirabon in here, but he holds that something which occasionally you sell each individual, not just you throw a whole heap on you and say, okay, I'll sell you by the by the weight, but you sell it individually, these tops. Therefore, we say that it's a Dover Shebeminyan and Afilu Be'elef Loi Bok. So here we have an authority by Batanda who says that even though something sometimes is sold by the minion, that's sufficient reason, the grounds to say it's chashev, and it does not become bottle at all. That's, <clears throat> so that's um, so therefore we're going back to the previous price. So we'll tell you that the previous price, so that's it. The previous price is Rabbi Yehuda, a version of Rabbi Shul. And therefore it's not a problem at all. We're talking about a Sufi Trefer, and why we machmer? Because it's a double shiver minion. And, there, and even though it's only occasionally, this town is says so. Says the Gemara, before we, we start digressing, talking about these, uh, them, these trumas, he says it further, it says in the Bryce, but Dorsa, the eagle, if you pressed it together in this wheel, the Ainu Debe's eagle, Dorsa, you don't know which wheel you used. Divre Hakel, Yalo, everyone says, if you have 100 to 1, it's good enough. Says the Gemara, Divre Hakel, in fact, we just discussed, that's the argument of Belezer, Rabbi Yeshua. Omana Papa Hachikam, and this is what he meant. Darsa Eagle. Till now, we were talking about it's on top, on top of the eagle, top of this calia, top of the barrel, top of the cylinder. What about if it's if you did it inside the vessel? And the problems are inside this wheel. So you did a couple, not 
Only a couple of them are true, but the any they don't remember, you just don't know where it is on the north side, on the south side. Then everyone says in this case that it's bottle and 100 because it's part of the whole wheel. It's not separate, it's part of the whole wheel. So, of course, you can include everything in the wheel and use, um, and um, because the, um, and you, what do you call it? And it's bottle in 100, in 100 times, which is nothing without Gemara, we just digress from it. Says the Gemara further. I'm not really understanding the mechanics of what's going on here. The, what's the difference if it's on the top or in the middle? Or the difference is if it's on top, it's outside of the Kaili. If it's outside of the Kaili, then you would then according to Rab, well, according to the Mayor's version, Rabbi Yeshua says you cannot count what's inside the Kaili to the top. It's totally separated. And Rabbi, Rabbi Leza, because he says the whole thing is Rabbanan anyway, the whole term is Rabbanan, going to be very lenient. We're going to allow you to include the contents of the inside of the Kaili, even though it's totally separated. We're going to imagine that whatever on top is removed from the top and buried inside the Kaili, so we can include that to have a hundred multiple, you know, a multiple of a hundred to one. And you can include all the barrels of that as well. And the chances are you'll have a hundred versus one. He's being very lenient. And Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shuh is not being lenient. He says, no, the top of the keli, the outside of the keli, is not inside the keli. You cannot combine the two just because they both connected to the barrel. This is a top of the lid and this is inside. You follow? Okay. So I think further, that's, that's one. Come to Ravashi, another answer. <clears throat> And, and, and because, okay, Rav Ashi says, let's go back to our original question. According to the two versions that the reason why an egg laid on Yom Tov is forbidden is because it resembles a fruit that falls down on Yom Tov or resembles grape juice that, that oozed out of the grave. And you ask the question, so why if it's a suffix? Are we being machmer? It's only with the Rabbanon. I'll tell you. You all know the rule of Dovash Yeshwa Matir, which is that if one egg that's not kosher, and, and sorry, if an egg that was laid on Yom Tov mixed up with a thousand eggs, we say don't rely on the laws of Bittal, of nullification, wait till after Yom Tov. So Ravashi, I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to say that not, it's, it's not a case where it mixed with others. There's only one egg here, solo. But this egg is questionable. Is it was it laid today on Yom Tov? Was it laid yesterday? It's only a Suffolk Rabbana. Normally we'd say, well, Suffolk Rabbana will be lenient. But because it's a Dovashi Yeshwa Matirin, wait till after Yom Tov, and then it doesn't matter when it was laid. So then Dovashi Matirin, we do not rely on the laws of Bittal, whether it's mixed up with others or whether it's a subject of, of, of uh, when it happened. And we are going to say, be Machm. That's why we're Machm. So normally Suffolk Rabbana will be lenient. But not where it's a dovish yesh matin. Ravashi says, well, I don't something you're talking about. We're talking about an egg, and we don't know when it was late. Yum to on the weekday. Have a dovish yesh matin. But the fact is, you can wait till tomorrow, it'll be permitted. The whole dovish yesh matin, anything which is permitted, I feel with the abundant buffalo. Even the abundant, it is not buffalo. Says the Gemara, Tanya, we learned in a brisa, Achadim, Ingridim, the others say, Bishum Rabbeleze, name Rabbeleze, that. Chedim sometimes is Rameir. Name of Lezer, Bey, when it comes to an egg, Toichel he ve'ima. An egg, you can eat the egg itself and you can eat the mother. That's what the din says. Now, the Gemara doesn't have trouble with that. What exactly are we talking about? It seems like you're trying to teach us two din, that you can eat the egg and you can eat also the hen. So it says, remember, there's two kinds of scenarios. One is where the hen is designated to be eaten which you're allowed to do on Yom Tov, you're allowed to shecht and everything. And the other one is that the hen was designated for to lay eggs and therefore it is muksa on Yom Tov. 
And if you hold in the walls of Muktzah, and we said that most people hold, even those who don't agree with Muktzah and Shabbos will agree to Muktzah and Yom Tif, and therefore it's forbidden, except Beshama, he holds it, there's no Muktzah. So it says here that she and the hand are permitted. But my asking, what exactly are we talking about here? Are we talking about a hen? Are we talking about a hen that a medis lachila that was meant to be eaten? Pshita. Surely. Um, we, what are you telling me? If, if the hen was set aside to be eaten, we know the mother you're allowed to eat. Regarding the egg, we had a machlekes in the Mishnah, Shama and Hill, whether you're allowed to, you're not allowed to. So all the Bryce should have said is that the, the, the egg you're allowed to eat. To tell me you're allowed to eat the mother, what's the point of that? What's the novelty in that? We know that. It was designated to be to be eaten. So you're allowed to that the mother is permitted. And she, if anything, only talk about the egg and tell us what you can do with the egg, but not about the mother. So must be talking about Tana Gilis or in medicine at the bank. Talk about a hand that is muktzah because it was designated to eat to um to what do you call to be for, to be used for to lay eggs. No, but it's muktzah. And yet you're telling me so it's a big chiddush that not only you're allowed to eat the egg, you permit the egg, you permit the hand. In other words, you're, you're allowed to are you allowed to eat the eggs and the mother at the same day? Yeah, like sishka to oyster is benoy is only by that, not by eggs. In fact, the eggs is not considered part of the mother. It's the chick she got to sit away, not the eggs. Okay. Halachically, if uh, if the mother hen is treif and an egg comes from there, you're allowed to eat the egg because the egg is considered separate from the mother. It's called pirsha ba'alma. It's the rabbanon who don't want you to eat that. It's, it's like totally separate, not like a calf born from his mother. Yeah. He the ima asura. So um, so to talk about tanagoilis, that's meant to be gadubeim. And he ve'imaz asura. The law is like Hillel that says that it's asur. How come over here it says that it's permitted? So what's going on here? What's shot in this brace? Amar Rav Zayda says Rav Zayda. I'll tell you what we're talking about here. Toichel agav ima. What the Rav Zayda said, you're allowed to eat the egg. You're allowed to eat the egg if you're allowed to eat the mother. You're allowed to eat as well. In other words, it's a certain scenario that you wouldn't have known if you can eat the mother, you can eat the egg. And I'm telling you that you can eat the mother and the egg. What we, that's that's the price. So what exactly are we talking about? Because the Gemara, I'll tell you the like this. <clears throat> um, what do you mean? So Gemara explains, Amr Abaya, Abaya said, hey, Khidami, what do you mean? Amr Abaya, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about a case where we don't know what this hen was designated. Or nobody designated for either purpose. It's stamped. You bought this hand without having any particular purpose in mind. So we're going to apply a rule called Brera. Brera is that if something happens later, we say retrospectively, that's what it was always was the case. That's called Brera. The famous case we're going to have where a man has two wives with the same name. And he knows he can't handle two wives. So he decides to divorce, to give a divorce to one of them. He doesn't know which one to divorce. So he says, whichever one walks out of my house first, that's to the divorce for, because both wives have the same name. And when he wrote it, he didn't know which one it will be. Only later on, it will be verified that retrospectively is what I meant. That calls Brayer. Brayer is an act, an act that will occur later is going to verify what it was all along. Same thing over here. I bought the hen. I had no idea. Am I going to use it for shchita? Am I going to use it to lay eggs? So then let's see what happens the following day. Nishchitah, the following Now, if you bought it to lay eggs, the eggs are forbidden as well as the hen. If you bought it to to shech, then everything the the, the, the hen is mutter. And as he says here, you shechted, you shechted the what do you call? It? If you shechted this bird on yamtiv, then it tells us that all along huvera it proves to us lachile medes is meant to be eaten. So therefore, 
it's not mukta at all. And so the bird's not mukta, you're allowed to eat the mother. And I hold you're allowed to eat the egg as well, like Shammai. Because Rabbi Lezer was a was a Shamuti. Rabbi Lezer followed Shammai. If he didn't shecht it, then huvera, then it means it tells us the legadul is there to, uh, to to lay eggs, and therefore the egg is forbidden. Um, um, so that's Ramario says no. You want to know why the Bryce is? We're talking about a, a hen to lay eggs. So you ask the question: If it's a hen to lay eggs, and you're telling me you're allowed to eat the egg, then what do you have to tell me about the mother? Of course, the mother is um, is permitted. The question is the egg. So what's it trying to say here? Um, um, so so what, what, why talk about the mother? So, so Amadi says an interesting thing. Guzmaktani. People exaggerate. If you're saying something that, that you want people to believe in, sometimes you, 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 uh, I guess you go into hyperbole and you add some things to it. And if you add some things to it, they'll believe. If, if everybody could please mute themselves, okay. if you add something to it, they'll believe what the main point here is. The main point here is you want to say that the egg is permitted, but uh, to, to to strengthen your point, you say and the mother and the, everyone agrees the mother is permitted because the mother is giving you shach. The argument is about the egg. Shaman hill, if you eat egg, can't eat egg, you know. So he, he therefore he throws in the mother just to say, you see, just like the mother, so to the egg. So Guzma, he's he's exaggerating. The Tanya we learned, I'll give you an example, another example where we say words, we exaggerate, even though the point that I'm saying, part of it, everyone agrees with, but I want to use that. You see, you agree with that, agree with what I'm saying now as well. So for example, we are going to learn a very interesting argument in the, in the next few days about a, a chick. While the chick is inside the egg, everyone agrees you're not allowed to eat that chick. It's called a shellets, only when it comes out of the shell. So according to one opinion, only when it comes out of the shell, and Rabbana says, as soon as it comes out of the shell, you're allowed to shech the little chicken eat it. According to Rabbana, you can't, because the first day, you have to wait till the eyes open up. And as long as the eyes didn't open up, they're still treated like a sheretz, and you cannot really eat from it. So it says in the Bible, as follows, an egg, you can eat, he, you can eat an egg, the ima and his mother, and um, the Efroyach, and also you can eat a bird that you know, a little chick, the Kliposse, and its shell. What do you mean, and its shell? My Kliposse, what do you mean, eat a chick and a shell? Elema Klipa Mamish, you mean eat a shell, Klipa Basachili, who eats shells? El Efroyach, the Kliposse, it sounds like you're talking about that the chick is inside an egg, and you tell me you're allowed to eat a chick with egg. How can that be? I can't let Pigi Abon Rabbanan Yaakov. The argument Rabbanan and Elizabeth Yaakov is only Elahechid the Yotzel Laavid Oelam. The chick came out and emerged from the egg, but it's just it's the first twenty-four hours. Can you eat it or not? Elahechid the Yotzel Laavid Oelam Pigi. No one argues if the chick is still inside the the egg. Everyone agrees it's a sheretz. You're not allowed to eat it. So what do you mean a froyach the chick and and in in, in the shell? El Efroyach the Kliposi. You know what he meant? He meant Guzma. He meant that he, he's just exaggerating. What am I exaggerating? That nobody eats the shell, but technically you're allowed to eat the shell. You know, once the bird came out, you're allowed to eat the shell technically. Same over here. He was just trying to say that we're arguing about the egg, but I'm going to throw in the mother. Everyone agrees you're allowed to eat the mother. And because I threw in the mother, maybe we're also allowed to eat. Maybe you'll understand and you'll agree that you're allowed to eat the egg as well. Okay, that finishes that subject. Now the Gemara continues, now moves on to a new subject within the laws of the egg. 
if an egg was laid on Shabbos, can you eat it on Yom Tif? We're going to have a number of issues now. If an egg is laid on Shabbos, can you eat it on Yom Tif? If an egg was laid the first day Yom Tif, can you eat it the second day Yom Tif? And if an egg was laid the first day Rosh Hashanah, can you eat it the second day Rosh Hashanah? How appropriate to learn something about Rosh Hashanah now. Says the Gemara, Itmar, we learned, Shabbos the Yom Tif. Let's say it was, it was laid on Shabbos. Can you eat it on Yom Rab Omar, Rab says, no, even though it was laid on Shabbos yesterday, you're not allowed to eat on Yom Tif. Why not? We'll see in a minute. Rabbi Yechel says, Rabbi Yechel says, if it was laid on, on Shabbos, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to eat it on Yom Tif. Says the Gemara, name of the Gemara thinks right now, what's the argument? Maybe Kasava Rab, Rab is of the opinion that Kedusha Achasi, since Yom Tov follows Shabbos immediately, there's no break in between. It's like one long holy day. And therefore, if it's laid on Shabbos, it's forbidden on Yom Tov as well. It's like one long day. And it's Asa. Says the Gemara, how can that be? Rav himself ruled the rule is like the four Zikanim that. The Liba the Rabbelezer, according to Rabbelezer, the Amash, take Kedusha's Hain. Well, if you make an, if you can, you're allowed to make, he says, an Eruv, Tchumen. You want to walk beyond your limit of 2,000 Amas. There's a big rabbi coming in from the West on Shabbos, and there's another great rabbi coming from the East on Sunday. So you can make an Eruv on Shabbos to, to allow you, enable you to walk another 2,000 Amas to the West, and you can uh, then make an Eruv on, on Sunday to walk 2,000 hours beyond on the East because they're two separate days. Shabbat and Yom don't do with each other. Because it's not a, it's not a contradiction, the two separate days. If a rab holds the loch like them. So why is it if an egg was was uh, laid on Shabbos, you cannot eat it on Yom Tov? Don't you have to days. make the air of the day before? You, on, um, on Friday, you prepared for Shabbos and on Friday, you prepared for Sunday. And you can prepare two different areas. But if Shabbos and Yom Tov, there's an argument behind Erev, you can do that. One opinion says that Shabbos and Yom Tov is like one long day. So either to the east or to the west, you can't break. For example, the day of Shabbos itself, you can't say in the morning I'll walk to the west and actually 2,000 hours and afternoon I'll walk to the east. So they say Shabbos and Sunday, if, if Yom Tov is, is, is right after Shabbos, follow Shabbos, then it's like one long day and you cannot do that. But Rav rules like those four elders who said you can because Shabbos and Yom Tov are two separate days independent of each other. So why does he rule by an egg that is forbidden? So he more explains. I'll tell you what the argument here is. The crux of the argument is what we learned uh, yesterday and two days ago about Hachana. Hachana de Rabba. Rabba came along and said that Shabbos and Yom Tov are that important that anything you do for it, it has to be, it's considered preparation. And therefore, you, the trader says, hashishi, that on, on the sixth day is when you prepare, that only a weekday can prepare for Shabbos and prepare for Yom Tov. But let's say Sunday, which follows Shabbos, a normal Sunday, since Sunday is nothing chashu, whatever you, even though it's, let's say an egg was laid on Shabbos, is not usher on Sunday because it didn't have to be prepared. But Yom Tov meals, a Shabbos meal, are so significant that whatever you do has to be prepared. And the Pasuk says, that the weekday you can prepare for Shabbos and Yom Tov. That's called Hachanah de Rabbah. So why is it, according to Rabbah, we make an Erev Tavshulin and you're allowed to cook from Yom Tov to Shabbos if the Torah says you're not allowed to? Because Rabba also in Tzach and Avnavav, we learned that Rabba says we have a concept called Hoyil. Hoyil is that since if guests would come in the afternoon, you're allowed to prepare food for them. So Mahatayra, you can cook on Yom Tif. It's only the rabbis who don't want you to cook, you know, for Shabbos because it's taking away from the simple of Yom Tif. So the Eretz of Shilun allows the Isod and Eva removes the Isod the Rabban. So that's what they're arguing here. 
That what? Since Rab agrees with Hachan of the Rabba, that means that Shabbos, the egg was laid, so Shabbos prepared for Yom Tif. And so the, the Rab, Isle Hachan of the Rabba, therefore Shabbos was laid. Sorry, but the, the, the uh, Eruv only affects a Durabonon. You make an Eruv Toshil and so you can push aside a Durabonon. Exactly. So I just explained to you that Rabbah holds that cooking on Yom Tov for Shabbos is only us the Rabbanon. And why is that? Because we have we employ the principle of Hoyel. Hoyel is that if guests would come to you Friday, you know, Friday afternoon, you're allowed to cook for them on Friday for the guest. So therefore, that is why the halach is that when we, it says in Shulchan Aruch, that if Yom Tov, Yom Tov is on Friday, you have to, the rabbi should not make any drushes. You should daven a little faster. You make sure that you eat, you finish eating a little bit earlier so that you can cook on Friday. Everything must be 100% ready before Shabbos. You can't do like a normal Shabbos where you have it you know, halfway ready, it's good enough. When it comes to Yom Tov, in other words, if guests would come, they would be able to eat the food. So it has to be 100% ready, uh, you know, half an hour before Shabbos. So therefore, then the Easter is only the Rabbana, because Mahatayda will employ the rule of Hoyim. It's only the Rabbana. We still don't want you to cook Friday for Shabbos because, because you're taking away from your Simch. We want you to enjoy your Yom Tov. So that's where the Eretz of Shun comes in. It takes away that Easter the Rabbana. Okay, so Rab holds of Hachan of the Rabbah, and Rabbi Yechim does not hold of Hachan of the Rabbah. And that's the argument. And, uh, and the question is, if the egg... Taste really out. If the egg was laid on Shabbos, that means it was formed on Friday. So what's the problem? Where's Hachan the Rabbah come in? Remember, we learned before the whole time that it was laid on Yom Tiv, then it was formed the day before, and the day before was Shabbos, then Shabbos prepared for Yom Tiv. But here, it was laid on Shabbos. So when was it formed on Friday? So Friday is preparing for Yom Tiv. What's the problem? So Taste's answer is another shayim. The fact that it was laid on Shabbos, that also is, is, a, is, a, is a form of preparation, even though it happened naturally for Hashem, but that's a form of preparation. Or if it would have been laid on Yom Tov, you couldn't eat it. So now that it was laid on Shabbos, you could eat it. So therefore, Shabbos is preparing for Yom Tov. And you're not allowed to. That's the argument. Says the further, the Emerson Ketanoi. This is a Machlech Ketanoi. No Lubi Shabbos, take for Yom Tov. If it was laid on Shabbos, you are permitted to Yom Tov. If it was laid on Yom Tov, take for Shabbos. Yehuda says, Mishra Rabbelezer, Adain him Achlechis. Yehuda says, Rabbelezer, no, that even Shabbos to Yom Tov is forbidden. Like Rav said, so it said he should need. So Rav, it follows Rav Lezer. So Gemara tells an incident: the host of Rav He had these eggs that were laid on Shabbos or Yom Tov. The Yom Tov the Shabbos was laid on Yom Tov, and he wanted to know if he could prepare it for Shabbos. Also the Kamei, Omel, he said to him, "Can I cook it up for Shabbos? I made eggs of shilu. Can I cook it up for Shabbos?" So on Malay, because because uh, Yomtiv it was late today. Can you from Yomtiv prepare for Shabbos? On Malay, my daughter, you think the halacha Rabbi Yechonah that Shabbos to Yomtiv or Yomtiv to Shabbos is not a problem because you don't believe in Achana. Afu Rabbi Yechonah kasher legayim lemach. Rabbi Yechonah said that Yomtiv you can eat it raw. Uh, on Shabbos you can eat it raw. Abel the yoyim may lay, but Yomtiv itself you can because today it's muktzah. Because what Tanya we learned yesterday, Achas Shabbos. He cannot use it to cover another pot. He cannot use it to hold it up in your post of your bed. And therefore, it's forbidden. So, but what we see from here that the halach is that 
this guy held Allah is like Rabbi Yechelen, but still, it's it, it still muksa on Shabbos itself, even though it's permitted on Yom Tov. But the day of Shabbos, it is forbidden. And even though eight of, the aid of Tafshil allows you to cook for Yom Tov, because whatever, but um, let's say Yom Tov to Shabbos, allows you to cook on Yom Tov to Shabbos. Since Yom Tov itself, you allow to cook for itself, so you allow to also cook for Shabbos. But when it comes to the egg, since you cannot use the egg on Yom Tov itself, therefore it is muksa. Even the aid of is not going to permit you that muksa. Similar story, the host of Papa, I'm not going to say, a person came to a Papa and was on Yom Tov, and a Papa said, L'chaim. So, he had these eggs, or Shabbos, and he was said, L'chaim a Shabbos, came to him from Shabbos to Yom Tov. Also, he asked him, can I, can I eat these eggs on Sunday? He said, Zil, go, you go away, since it's not relevant anyway, because you're not asking me about today, you're asking me about tomorrow. Today is Shabbos, you can't, you won't ask about tomorrow. The Tolomacha come back tomorrow. Why? Because we know that Rav, when he used to give drushes on Yom Tif, and Rav used to give piske halachas on Yom Tif, he would never give drushes on Yom Tif to start telling you dinner about tomorrow. He wouldn't have his Amaira, his interpreter, the one who would vocalize and articulate what Rav said. If you drink a cup of wine, we had a more Christmas. If you drink a cup of wine, you're not allowed to paskin. Just like a coin, we learn from a coin, shouldn't paskin. So therefore, wait till tomorrow when I'm composed and I'll answer you. And I'll sober up. How, how lucky we were now that I didn't answer yesterday. Because I would have forgotten. I would have told you probably, yes, you can. Because the, the rule is whenever Rav and Rabbi Yechen argue, we always follow Rabbi Yechen. So I would have told you, Rabbi Yechen says if it was late on Shabbos, no problem. That's what I told you. If the Amnach, I would have told you, Rav, Rabbi Yechen, Allah, Rabbi Yechen. But I, was, I would have been wrong. Because on my Rav, my teacher, Rav, said, in the following three, didn't, three arguments, the Allah is like Rav. It doesn't matter what the outcome is, to be lenient or strict, Allah is like Rav. And we'll soon see what the other two cases are. That's the two days Yom Tov, two days Shana. But in this case, the Allah is like Rav, it was late on Shabbos, it is forbidden on Yom Tov. If it was late on Yom Tov, it is forbidden on Shabbos. And therefore, it's a good thing I did not tell you um, the Allah then. Says the Gemara further, Amar Rabbi Yechna, Rabbi Yechna said, give me this, maybe what you were talking about yesterday. Rabbi Yechna said, eight simishinosh, remenadekel, b'shabbos, what happens if you have wood that fell from the from the palm tree on Shabbos? Um, and the question is, can you use it for firewood uh, or not on Yom Tov? So he said, also the Yom Tov the next day. If Yom Tov was Sunday, you cannot use it. It broke on Shabbos and the wind came wood, and you want to use it the next day, you can't. But is asking me a question. I just ruled when it came to an egg laid on Shabbos, you could use it on Yom because I don't believe in the rules of Hachanah. So why is it in the case of the wood, if the wood fell down on Shabbos, and I'm telling you, since it's muktza, you cannot use it on Yom what's the difference? Don't ask me a question why this is different than egg. You know why? My time of why, it's very simple. I'm not worried that people make a mistake because the egg, the egg was laid on Shabbos. You could have eaten the egg raw, but we don't let you. Why? Because on Shabbos definitely it's forbidden. A bayish and elder Shabbos is forbidden. So therefore, if we allow you to eat on Yom Tov, you right away know, why am I allowed to eat on Yom Tov? Because obviously it wasn't late today, it was late yesterday. And if it was late on Shabbos, you couldn't eat on Yom Tov. So no mistakes will arise. 
you can eat a raw, but like a shardle, why aren't you allowing me out of the mocha tomorrow? So maybe you'll figure it out. The bas, it's only forbidden on the day it was laid. This is the next day. But when it comes to wood, if wood fell on Shabbos, and I tell you don't use it on Shabbos, obviously, but you could use it on Yom Tov, what are you going to think? You're going to think that the problem is because Shabbos wood, you're not, what do you do wood? Firewood, you can't use firewood on Shabbos. So I'm going to think about Yom Tov, you're allowing me, even I would have thought that even if it fell on Yom Tov itself on the very same day, I can use it straight away because you're allowed to use firewood. I don't realize the problem is because of Neulin. But wood, since you couldn't use it on Shabbos, if we allow you, permit you to use it on Yom Tov, you might conclude that you might conclude that on the same day is also permitted. Uh, that if numbers, if wood fell on Yom Tov proper, you can use that wood and you don't think about muktza. And the etmar, I, wife it falls on Shabbos, you couldn't, because that very same day, you couldn't use it because it's Shabbos, you can't use a firewood. But um, on Yom Tov, you could. So if it falls on Yom Tov, I also be permitted. That's how I think. So following that, Omar Masa, Masa said, what happens if wood falls directly from the tree into the oven? Right? It's muktza, it's noilid, the Yom Tov and Yom Tov. What happens then? So this is what you do. You can take firewood that you already set aside, the Namukta, and you make sure that the majority is from the good firewood, and therefore you can continue burning it. Says the what do you mean? How can you do that? Well, but you're also using wood that is that is permitted, that is that's forbidden, that's muktza. How can you do that? So you said to him, uh, so he says, since the majority of the wood is wood you set aside so it's permitted. So therefore, what happens? It's bottle bereaved, and all the wood now becomes permitted. So even if I happen to be turning over a log that fell down or, or a branch that fell down on Yom Tov, it doesn't matter because now it's been nullified, it's bottle bereaved. It's bottle bereaved. You're taking, we have a rule that you cannot be you cannot, let's say, for example, if a tray falls into a pot of kosher, and let's say it's only a multiple of 40 times, you cannot add more kosher to the pot in order to have 60 times and nullify it. It's called some say it's from the Torah, some say it's Medirabon. said, look, if so, then all the laws of treif will fall away because you just keep on mevatlin. So we don't allow it. So over here in the wood, why are we allowing you to bring more good wood so therefore you can use that fire? Well, but now, didn't we learn aim about these you know, do the So he says, <clears throat> so when do we say that is bottle? If it happened, it fell in, but not if you deliberately went out of your way to add more head. So Yomara says, mm-hmm. when do we say aim about these only by dinam of the Torah? But if it's only after Madrabanan, then you can be a vatl. Since it's only mukta, therefore you can be a vatl. Big machlek is a shayneim. Is that the final conclusion? Or maybe firewood is different because Igmar will say you don't really enjoy the firewood until the firewood itself is no longer there. It turns into coal. So therefore, like the isa disappeared altogether. And maybe that's why you're allowed to, but not in ordinary cases. The Amorah says, Ravashi says that anything which is permitted tomorrow, so Yamtif, why apply the rules of Bittul Beroi? Ravashi says that even though it's only Asad Rabbanan, don't apply the rules of Bittul, wait till tomorrow. So, how come in the case of firewood you're allowed to? Michael remember. So, we answer, it's only when the Easter is present. Here, the firewood gets burnt up and the Easter is no longer present. So, therefore, 
it is uh, it is permitted. Okay, so that was argument so number does one. That mean, does that mean? Does that mean then, according to that, that only were born on? Um, you, you can't mix it. If chicken falls, it falls into some milk, can you add more more chicken? Very good. Big machlek is the Rambam and the Rambam. The Rambam says that if chicken, very good. The Rambam said that if chicken falls into milk, since the Easter is only the Rabbanon, you're allowed to add more milk. To um, if we're talking about, we cannot recognize the chicken. It's more like the chicken soup. You're yeah. You're allowed to add more milk. The Rambam says no way, and the Rambam says as follows: When do we say that midrabbanon you're allowed to add more to mavatlet if the entire idea is midrabbanon? It's not based on anything of the Torah. It doesn't resemble the Torah, but because basar b'cholov of oif is based on basar b'cholov of meat, therefore we treat it as if it's the raisa and we're not allowed to add more. And that's halach. Says the Gemara. Okay, so that's argument one is Shabbos and Yantu. Argument number two: Eat more. We learned. So this is a very interesting argument. You have two days yamtuf. You have two days yamtuf. So Rav says, two days yamtuf is laid the first day you're the second day. Very simple reason. Because one day is definitely yamtuf and one day is definitely not yamtuf. We just don't know which one is what. So if the first day it was laid was yamtuf then the second day is weekday, what's the problem? If the second day is yamtuf then the first day is a weekday. Again, what's the problem? But Rav Asi says, Ravashi says, the first day Yantav is forbidden, the second day as well. So Gemara first surmises, Lema, Kasava Ravasi, Kedush Achazi. It seems Ravasi holds it's one long, but this Yantav is like, it's not a fake of the Yom, it's like one long Yantav. The rabbis enacted a, a law that you have to keep two days Yantav. And therefore, whatever, um, if it's forbidden the first day, it's forbidden the second day, because one long Yantav. How can that be, says the Gemara, but Ravasi, Mabdor, Ravasi used to make Havdola, Rab Asi used to make havdolah between uh, the first day yamtuf and the second day yamtuf. He used to make havdolah, he used to make havdolah between the first day yamtuf and the second day yamtuf because he says, obviously it wasn't when he was in Israel because only one day yamtuf, and, and he would make havdolah, why? Because he would say that the first day yamtuf is, is yamtuf mahatera, the second day yamtuf is, 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 um, is, is, is only, you know, like a speck of the yam, and they remain havdolah between the two. Or he, he may not, or not, he would try. It's a sveik of the yam, and therefore maybe today's yamtiv, he may have dollar, and maybe tomorrow's yamtiv. I, if, if, if it's a question, if, so therefore, if an egg was laid the first day, it should be permitted the second day. How did he make up dollar? You say, maybe making a bracha today, maybe today wasn't yamtiv, maybe the first day wasn't yamtiv. How can he make up dollar? So, so some Rishonim say he didn't really make up dollar a bracha. In Shmaneser that he dabbed in the yamtiv Shmaneser, he would say about Tardiyanu. And he would say, and uh, he didn't make a separate bracha. Others say that he would say, he would make a bracha, but he would say, um, he would say, and the reason is, he would say that Havdolah is a mitzvah in the Torah, because there's a big argument of Havdolah. Havdolah and Shabbos, the Rambam says, mitzvah in the Torah, but not everyone agrees. But Havdolah and Yomtev, most opinions say, is only with the Rabbana. In fact, Kiddush and Yomtev, most say, is Rabbana. But the Rishonim here would say that Asi holds that Havdolah is actually Mahatayra. And therefore, since we more or less know that the first day is really is really the Yomtev, so therefore, Mahatayra, you have to make Havdolah. So he made Havdolah, and he wasn't worried about a brach in vain. Okay, so Yomtev continues. Um... So he wasn't 100% sure. He wasn't sure. Is it that the Chachamim said in Golis, we want you to keep two days, even though we know the first day is not and the second day is not, but we decided we always want you to keep two days. So it becomes therefore like one long day. 
and uh, and therefore you cannot make Abdullah an egg later one day is forbidden another day. And then, and so once a Chacham made such an act, but nobody can ever turn it over. <clears throat> um, or is it, Rashi has a very interesting trap, or is it Sveiki the Yoyma? Sveiki the means, says Rashi, the rabbis never enacted it. This that we keep today, two days goalless, there was never an institution from the rabbis. The people themselves didn't know what to do, so they took it upon themselves. Rashi says, from themselves, will keep two days yomtif. So it was never an actment. It's a sfeker. It's a suffix. We kept two days because it was a suffix. We'll talk in a minute about what about today when we count it. Says the Gemara, um, sort of asked himself, was, wasn't sure which way it is. That's why he hedges bets. So therefore, he made Habdullah. On the other hand, he would say an egg was laid. It's us about this. I'm going to say the Gemara. The mix says like I'm asking. The Eidna Yabin Kiyach. Today we know exactly when the Shchaydish is. We know when you're playing her. And yet we kept into the We yet to keep two days. Why do we keep two days? It must be because the Rabbi said definitely. Even though we know for sure the first day is Yamtiv, the second day is not. You know what? We wanted to keep two days Yamtiv. So it became a Takanas Chachamim. It's like a Vadai Yamtiv, and therefore it's one long day. So that's what he said. I'm On the contrary. Kavosid the Rav Nistabra makes more sense like Rav that we did it on ourselves is purely Sveik and I'll prove it to you. Because if the rabbis instituted, then we know the rule is we'll see tomorrow's murder. Once the rabbi says something, you cannot overturn it, even if the reason doesn't apply. Even if you need another bezdin that's larger in number and larger in stature and in caliber to overturn a previous bezdin's edict. And yet we know it says in the Mishnah, and we'll have this in the Rosh Hashanah. But Yishayin, in the beginning, what happened was the witnesses would come to the Bezdin and say when they saw the new moon, they would light these torches on the mountains. And everybody knew, even above, all the way there, because it went from mountain to mountain, everyone knew precisely when Yom Tov was. When the Kusim went off the way, they went astray, and they decided to hurt the Eden as much as they could. So what they did was they would go up on days that they, the Eden thought would be Rosh Chaydish, and even though nobody came to the best, and they would go on the mountains and start lighting the torches, and people got confused, and they thought, yeah, that's Yom Tif. And the rabbis found out. So he skinned and made a new institution. She is shluchin No longer we're going to rely on torches, we're going to have agents traveling all over. And therefore, all those places, all those regions where the agents were able to arrive before, before Yom Tif, they kept one day. And everywhere else was considered chutzlars, and they kept two days. The, now, says, so Rabbi says, it seems clear from the Mishnah here, only as long as we had problems in the Kusim. But the Ilu Bakl Kusim, once the Kusim were gone, or the Kusim would have stopped their fiendish ways, Avdin and Chadyeva would go back to the normal way of one day. Now, if the rabbis instituted that now, from now on, two days Yomtev, even if the reason falls aside, we would still keep two days. Yet it seems clear from the Mishnah that this was only done as long as the Kusim were causing trouble, which means it was never a Takana Chachamim, it was only a Sveik of the Yemen that we took upon ourselves. And therefore, when it was no longer a Suffolk, for example, once we're able to reinstitute this, uh, the torches on the mountains, we went back to the old way of keeping only one day. And then, and where the Shluchim came, they kept, where they kept one day. By the way, just a side issue, the Rambam rules, the big thing here that nobody talks about, but the Rambam rules that today, oh, let me finish. The Hashta now, the Yadinim Bekvidiyacha, now that we have the calendar, my time of the So if so, the whole thing is because of a suffix. Why do we keep two days? If you tell me the rabbis came and instituted, you have to keep two days, so it became like one long day, fine. But you're telling me it was a suffix that we took upon ourselves. So why in the world are we keeping two days today? Why I'm just keeping one day? So he says here, <clears throat> And they sent a letter to them. 
now that you guys took it upon yourself, we want you to continue what you started. He's ordered to continue with the meaning of your ancestors in your hands. Why? Because could be one day the mouth of the kingdom will put a into place, but and we won't be able to have a, won't have a county, won't have a, uh, you won't be able to figure out when Yom Tovis will cause problems. So therefore, you know what? Keep two days all the time. So based on that, what we're learning here is that we took it upon ourselves, keep the Sveika the Yema, and the Chachama said, continue what you started. So that's why we continue today exactly the way we had it then. It's a Sveika the Yema. The Rambam says, so the law is anywhere in those days, they kept one day, wherever the Shluchim arrived, they kept one day. So they continue keeping one day, which is their Jisrael. In Chutz Lodge, we did not keep one day. The Rambam says that the Shluchim arrived in Mitzrayim, which means that in Mitzrayim today, in certain parts, like uh, you would only keep one day, like Alexandria, you'd only keep one day. But the Rambam says, even in Israel, if these are new cities that did not exist in the times of the Beis Hamikdash when the Shluchim went out, then you don't have uh, that uh, minig of Shluchim. Then you fall back to what everybody else is, that even though you're living in Israel, and he says you can be only five miles out of Yishalayim, but if it's a new area that they never, there's not part of Yishalayim, they were built, you have to keep two days, which is very interesting. So a lot, see tomorrow. Um, so let's continue tomorrow. Eat will be learned. So that's argument number two. And Rav says that the first day yamtiv, the second day is one day is yamtiv, one day is not yamtiv. We have a law today, eight of tafshilin. If you forgot to make an eight of tafshilin, let's say yamtiv is Thursday, Friday. If you got to make it on Wednesday, you can make an eight of tafshilin on Thursday and you have a mind as follows. If today is yamtiv, then tomorrow is a weekday. I don't really need an eight of tafshilin. And if tomorrow is Yom Tif, then this is a valid Eir Tavshim. So we apply that rule today. Argument number three is about Rosh Hashanah. Eat when we learn. Shnei Yomim Tavim Shor Rosh Hashanah. Actually, we should stop here because this starts like the next whole page of the Gemara, which is argument.